Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be back again, isn't it? It's wonderful to have fellowship with one another. Wonderful to gather together to worship our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's just wonderful for us to just again start this year, in fact, in this way. Christmas was our last service. That was last year, and here we are. Our first service today, and we want to really welcome you. And may you be blessed as we just gather together and enjoy one another's company and fellowship here today. We also want to say thank you to Ingrid and uh, uh, Sue Allen for it really looks good. That rooted, grounded. That's our theme for the year. Rooted, grounded, and growing. That's wonderful, wonderful what they have done. There, we want to thank them for, for, for that. It's really, it really looks good. And that's our theme for the year. And we pray that we will remain rooted and grounded, and growing in the Lord during this year, 2021. Uh, we're going to pray for a few folk this morning. And uh, first we're going to pray for Robin. Robin uh, will be having a, a procedure soon, and we, pray that, and we know that the Lord is going to just be with him. And then uh, I don't know whether there's anybody else that we need to pray for who's really in need of prayer at this moment, but uh, we will pray for them. I'm going to ask Pauline this morning, my wife, to, to, to pray, for, for, pray for Robin and also pray for our, our, uh, especially our seniors, that the Lord would be with them at this time. Father, it's such a privilege and an honor to be in your presence and we don't take it lightly. We say thank you that you've brought us safely through turbulent times, Lord. If we look back on 2020, it is with great gratitude and awe at an awe-inspiring God who has faithfully brought us through, Lord. And thank you for your, the many names that you have, Lord. And two of them are faithful and true. And we want to say thank you that you live up to every name that is ascribed to you, Lord. And thank you that you are faithful and true. A backward glance. Father, we just say thank you, every one of us, every head of the home represented, every mom, every wife, every child, every grandchild, even those who are not here today, Lord, can we lift hosannas to you and we want to say thank you you are a good God and it's worthy to trust you we bless you and we magnify your name truly you are our king of kings and you are our lord of lords there is no one like you you are high and lifted up father thank you that 24 7 we can call on your name Lord and thank you that you don't gloss over anything that pertains to us and thank you that unlike many important people on earth we, we, we don't have to make a prior appointment with you we can come any time of the day or night there's access by your throne of grace this morning for each one of us and we want to say thank you for every home represented here even those who will listen to to the to the podcast father we say thank you we are all covered under the blood lord and we all have a story lord of your faithfulness and of your goodness lord and as we are seated here with um 
prayer requests. Maybe it's so painful, it's so intimate, it's so personal that it's only you that are aware of it, Father. We bring it before your grace this morning and we want to say thank you that the mountain that we left at home this morning and that we have to face when we get there, the mountain you've given us authority to cast it into the sea, it is as nothing to the God of the impossible. So we bless you this morning. Thank you for every home. Bless and undertake in every area. Thank you for other marriages which we don't take lightly. Keep the marriages covered under your precious blood. Keep relationships blessed. Restore relationships which have broken down in the homes, Lord. And we want to say thank you that we can pray for our brother Robin, Lord. And thank you for your peace, your shalom peace which has settled on him and on his family as they are awaiting the procedure that he has to have done, Lord. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh and anointing upon them as a family in the name of Jesus. And thank you that you have gone ahead, Lord, to, for the anesthetist and whoever will be assisting, Lord, and every instrument we place under the blood of the Lamb because you are the God who specializes in the specifics so we bring the, even the atmosphere and we always say thank you that everything is covered so in Afrikaans said it is full bring as gevolg van die bloed op op on Calvary, Lord, we want to say thank you that everything is successful and every prayer need is met, even as we look to you for the rest of the service in the name of Jesus with much thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I also want to welcome uh, Pauline's aunt, her father's, her father's sister sitting next to Liesl, and to Charlotte, we want to welcome you to our service here this morning. Our scripture reading then, let's get to Habakkuk. We are busy with the book of Habakkuk. We started last week. We also learned that Habakkuk means to embrace, and we're not going to go back to that, uh, that what we heard last week, but we will continue with, our, with Habakkuk as we read from, from verses 12, Onwards, and we're going to complete the, this first chapter today. We're going to read together in the book of Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk is a, is a minor prophet. Now, minor prophets, as we heard last week, it's not about the, them being minor and major because there are major and minor prophets in the Bible. Minor prophets, uh, of course, it's, uh, 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 he's one of them, and, uh, and it's not, they are not as, un, as unimportant as people think, but it's only because of the length of their prophecies that it's, they are called minor prophets, whereas the major prophets, are, it's because of the, the length of their writings. That is why it is like that. But let's read together from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 12. We're going to read, and then we're also going to read the first verse in chapter 2. O Lord, you are not from everlasting, my God, my Holy One, we will not die. O Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. O Rock, you have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made them like fish in the sea like sea creatures that have no ruler. And now let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. 
It says there, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this. May God bless the reading of his precious and powerful word. The title of our message here this morning is, Are You Drowning in the Deep End of Life? Are you drowning in the deep end of life? And that's the question we want to leave with you here this morning. Are you drowning? You don't have to drown in the deep end of life this morning. Last week we looked at the prophet Habakkuk and his dialogue with God. He was the only prophet who spoke to God for the people. Other prophets spoke to the people for God. But Habakkuk spoke to God for the people. That's why he had a dialogue with God. He grappled with the issue when things go completely wrong. Is God fair? Have you ever questioned God's fairness? Has something bad happened to you and you responded by saying, Lord, that is just not fair. We looked at God's shocking response to Habakkuk's complaint. God knows about the evil among his people and has decided to deal with it by sending Babylonians to destroy the land and carry them into exile. He saw to it that they rose to power for the express purpose of manifesting his greatness in impossible situations to the people of Judah. And as difficult as it is for us to understand how a, ho a holy and good God can use evil people and actions to bring about good, it shows us that He is and will always be in control. We are reminded that God used human sin and evil at the cross. Can you remember where his innocent son was put to death by wicked men to pay for our sin? Can you remember that? Do you still remember that? He may not make sense sometimes. There are bad things going on in our world, but he knows it. And he is still in control, brothers and sisters. Today we are going to see a change in Habakkuk. We are going to see his faith grow. We are going to see him stand stronger and trust God more. We are going to see how an ordinary person can be shaped, strengthened, and grown by God through tough times. Let us learn from Habakkuk this morning who was facing a big challenge in his face. When drowning in the deep end of life, he reminded himself who God really was. Verse 12. When he was drowning, he reminded himself who God really was. Now, the question here this morning, and I'm asking a lot of questions here, what do you do when God does not live up to your expectations? How do you respond when the Lord's answer is not what you wanted? When things go wrong, some people tend to withdraw. Isn't it true? They drop out of, the, of Christian activities. They stop going to church. They hide. Some renounce their belief in Him. But my question to you is, how do you grow? How do we develop or gain wisdom? 
it is when we are exposed to bigger challenges. Isn't that true? Ooh, you are quiet this morning. We are faced with more and more difficult problems. And in each stage of our growth, there are new challenges and new things to learn. There is always another step to be taken. Always another mountain to climb. Isn't it true? When you have stopped growing, and I think Martin Lloyd-Jones who said this, when you have stopped growing, you have stopped living. Isn't it true? We're growing all the time. Even though we are, have reached seniority, many, many of our people have reached this age of seniority, we, we are still busy growing. We are still learning. There's never a time that you stop to learn. It will only end by the time the Lord comes to fetch us. There is always another step that we need to take. What is the first thing Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk does in response to God's answer? He remembers who God is. As Habakkuk tries to get his mind around the shocking truth that God is about to use Babylon to judge Judah, he goes back to what he knows to be true about God. And no matter what you are facing this morning, go back to what you know to be true about God. This is a vital step that all of us need to take. You see, faith is not a one-time act. It's a way of life. In those opening verses, he talks about God being eternal. You can read it there. He says, are you not from everlasting? Talk about the fact that he's eternal. God always is always has been and always will be. He is timeless. He stands outside the ebb and flow of history. He knows what has happened and why. He knows what will happen and how. We have a God who knows all things and sees all things. A God who has always been there and who will always be there, godless. And he goes further, and we, he's making statements here about God, he says, and he refers to him as my God. Read it there in verse 12. There's, just a, there's a sermon just in this verse. My God. And he says, he is personal. He's personally my, personally my God. He is a personal God. He cares about Habakkuk personally. He cares about each of us personally. He is intimately involved in his universe. He is intimately involved in our lives. We need to realize that God, not ourselves, is the creator engineering or should we say orchestrating events that shape us into what he wants us to become. And it goes further there in verse 12. We will not die. His confidence was in God's faithfulness. And we think of what has been happening globally. <laughs> Can you make a statement like that? We will not die before God has achieved his purposes with us. 
He, yes, some, some, deaths have, uh, some deaths have been prematurely, but this morning, yeah, Habakkuk says, we will not die despite what the Babylonians are busy with. His confidence was in God's faithfulness and not the faithfulness of God's people. He, he reckons God always keeps his promises. And then he goes further, my Holy One, Habakkuk reminds himself, as we as Christians need to, that God is perfect. Everything he does is perfect. His ways are perfect. His plans are perfect. Everything he does is perfect. His timing is perfect. And then he continues, O Lord, can you see that word there? Elohim, O Lord. Among God's many titles is one that proclaims his supremacy over all others. And here he's saying, Lord, you have authority over all. You rule over all. You reign over all. You are the most high God. You are God most high. He had confidence in God's supervision of his life. He knew that if God supervises or manages his life, his destiny is secure. Then he goes further. Oh, rock. Again, it's still in verse 12. You see that? Habakkuk would cling to the rock when everything else was sinking sand. He would cling to the rock. Christ Jesus. Are you clinging to him this morning? He's saying here, when he says, you are, oh, you are my rock, that God is fully reliable, a fortress, a defense, a mud calamity. In times like these, we need to remember how God takes care of us. We need to remember his steadfast love for us. We need to remember his passion for us. We need to remember he is the giver and sustainer of all life. When David saw the worst life had dished out to him. You know, that's the amazing thing about him. When David, when he saw the worst, he could still remember God's faithfulness. And he sp speaks about the Lord that you are compassionate and gracious. And your love and faithfulness is boundless. If you want to stay healthy as a Christian, that is found, what I just said is found in Psalm 86 verse 15. If you want to stay healthy as a Christian, you need to review and remember what God has done for you in the past and what he will do for you now in the present and the future is beyond what you could ever imagine. Remember the monuments of great victories in your life. Remember the monuments of great breakthroughs in your life. Remember the monuments of great blessings in your life. Great opportunities for you to grow in your life. Remember him when the voices of discouragement and fear shout louder than the still small voice of faith. Remember him this morning. Habakkuk remembered him. David remembered him. 
even Jacob as well. Jacob made memorials out of the names he gave to places, like the place Peniel, where he wrestled with God all night. In Genesis 32, uh, we read about it. He wrestled all night with God, and in the, uh, in the early morning hours when, when God wanted to leave, Remember what Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. <laughs> yeah. Like Peniel, where, where he wrestled with God, Jacob found his God. You know, and it reminds us of this epic re wrestling match between Jacob and God. Each one of us here this morning have had a penil experience. We've had an epic wrestling moment with God. We've had an epic wrestling moment with life. And think of how God has come through for us during those epic wrestling moments when we do not know what to do, when we are drowning, we are sinking. And no hope seems possible. And yet at that moment, God steps in and rescues us. But secondly, here this morning, when drowning at the deep end of life, he transferred his problems to God and let it go. Verses 13 to 17. He transferred his problems to God and let it go. Give your problems to God and leave it with Him, brothers and sisters. Do not try to fix it yourself or force the issue. So many times we try to force the issue because we want to have it our way. Habakkuk struggles to understand God's ways, but he gives his problems to Him and leaves it there. He is horrified by the evil that he sees. The Babylonians will do, but he does not allow it to hook him. Can you remember verse 14 speaks about them being like fish, being captured by the Babylonians, fish in the sea being captured and hooked. He does not allow it. what is happening to hook him by bringing him down even to their evil level. Sometimes we allow the evil that others do to us to bring us down to their level where we isn't it? We retaliate. Eh? And we do things that we shouldn't. Don't go there, brothers and sisters. You know what we're talking about. Some of us try to cope with problems by bottling them up and mulling over them and rehearsing them. Isn't it true? Don't go there. It doesn't work. Deal with it. Don't leave it alone. Giving it to God means being hands-off in the situation. Did you hear that? Second Chronicles 20 verse 15. I'm hands off in this situation. I'm taking my hands off this. And what does it say? The battle is not yours, but God's. Whatever it is, the battle is not yours. It's God. Acknowledge that he is God and you are not. Face your issues. We can face life head on once we give it to him and let it go. With God as our refuge, we are safe in His eternal arms. Remember the verses? Underneath are His everlasting arms. Eh? 
We are safe this morning in his eternal arms. There is nothing anyone can do to us and nothing anyone can take from us. Our destiny is secure in him. We can safely confront our circumstances. Our destiny is secure in him. Are problems weighing you down this morning? Speak to God and tell him where you stand and what you need. You struggle in your relationship with him. You must understand that he is trustworthy. He is fair. He is just. And he always keeps his promises. We can take our problems to him, brothers and sisters, and leave them with him. Nothing is an obstacle to him. He will fulfill his purpose and have his way no matter how large the problem or enormous the obstacle is. We can take it to him. And then thirdly, when you are drowning, when he was drowning, in fact, Habakkuk, he embraced a confident and alert expectation that God would do what he said he would. That's a long point, eh? That God would do what he said he would. He embraced it. That God would do what he said he would. Chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on those towers. I will stand at my watchtower to await a divine response to his question. Uh, uh, He he stood at the watchtower to await a divine response to his question. That's what Habakkuk did. He would be alert like a city watchman for any sign, any evidence of response on God's part. There is always a process that leads to progress. And here we learn from Habakkuk again that standing is important. Standing here implies being firmly planted or positioned, being firmly rooted and positioned in Him. And then also the word watch there. Watch entails leaning forward, peering into the distance, able to see a long way, to see with the inward eye, by God's enabling, in fact, by the Holy Spirit's enabling, to see beyond human insight. Habakkuk says, I will take my stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower. He takes his position. Ephesians 6.13 speaks about, and having done everything to stand. He assumes his responsibility. Habakkuk is saying that he will do his job. He will take his position and watch for God's answer and give it to the people. In Micah 7 verse 7, he speaks about how he watches and waits and how God hears. He assumed his watchful attitude on the walls. He went to his post and waited. Despite confusion and fear, he went and did the job God gave him. He was responsible and dependable. I ask you this morning, where has God placed you? What are you safeguarding this morning? What are your areas of responsibility? Where is your post? It could be your job. Doing it as well as you can. 
to the glory of God or sharing the gospel when you spot an opportunity. Are you doing that? It could be your family. Is the enemy sneaking into your home this morning? Are there problems that you as a parent need to deal with? Are you a shining light in your home? Are you a shining light wherever you go? Wherever God has placed you? And no matter how hard it is, He has a purpose. And you have a responsibility to be like Christ in the situation. Did you hear that? Habakkuk took his position and did his job. Even when he was confused. Even when he did not feel like it. You still do your job. You still do the right thing. Even when it was really, really hard. You still do the right thing. You still do what God wants you to do. Do you want your faith to grow? Your relationship with God to deepen? Be obedient. Stand your ground. Take your position. Expect a response. Uh, uh, Psalm 5 verse 3 speaks about, you know, waiting with expectation after your request has been made known. Because you see, God notices. He cares. He never ignores us. He will always answer us. He has a timetable for us. He has been working from all eternity to bring this plan about. And he will be working for all eternity to accomplish his purposes as well. When you pray, do not expect a specific time frame for the answer. Some of us do, a eh, Lord, certain time. And it doesn't work like that with the Lord. Eh? That is God's call to make, not your call. Do not restrict, restrict your faith to kinds of things you understand in the way you understand it. Do not count on it taking a certain shape. As you go about your daily business, as you fulfill your responsibilities, honor Him. Expect and watch for God's answer. That is God's call. And worship him. Habakkuk is using his eyes, not his ears, and I'm almost through. Because God's responses are often built into how circumstances of life come together. Watch how things turn out. Consider the times and the seasons. God is shaping all of history and all things that come to pass in a way that conforms to his plan. Not man's plan, not my plan. He is not the God that we think he is. He is much better than we could ever understand. Not only is he far beyond us, much bigger than our puny minds can conceive, he is much better than we can imagine. All that he is and all that he does is better. Isn't it true? His ways are better. Better. His heart is better. His views are better. His plan is better. During times of confusion, we need to do what Habakkuk's name suggests. What does it suggest? To embrace. Remember that. To embrace. Embrace his promises, child of God. Embrace his word. Embrace his will. Embrace him this morning. Firmly cling to him, regardless of what 
is happening. A challenge to you this, this week is uh, two challenges. I want to challenge you to make a list of all that God owes you. Do you hear that? Make a list of all that God owes you. But let me respond to that as you think about what God owes you. He owes us nothing except his wrath. If he gave us what we deserve, it would be a tragedy. He gives us unearned, unwarranted, and unfair grace we do not deserve. And he has enough for everyone. He gives us unfair love that we do not deserve. He gives us unfair forgiveness that we don't deserve. He gives us his best and we don't deserve it. And I want you to work through that, make a list of it today of all that God owes you. But then secondly, make a list of all that you owe him. Now, when, before you do that, I want you to do this. Take some time and list all the ways that he has blessed you beyond what you deserve. First, take some time and list all the ways in which he blessed you and you didn't deserve it. And then you make a list of all that you owe him. Brothers and sisters, we owe him a lot. What he has done for us is undeserved. He has blessed us in so many ways. Let's embrace his will and his purposes for our lives. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we can embrace you firmly and cling firmly to you as we consider how faithful you have been, how eternal you are, how reliable you are, how powerful you are. Lord, we rest our cases and we allow you to fight our battles and to take us to where you want us to be in you this very day, rooted, grounded, and growing. Now may the grace of our Lord, love of God, and the dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us until Jesus comes and everybody join together to say, Amen, Amen.